This is Real Estate Rookie episode 189er. First, you can increase your income, right? Increase your passive income, or B, you can decrease your expenses. And obviously you should kind of be attacking both of those at the same time. And house hacking is great because it essentially allows you to do both of those things, right? You're, you're able to get additional income by renting out the spaces, but then you're also decreasing your expenses because your housing expense is being subsidized by someone else. So house hacking strategy again is a really great tool for a lot of our new investors. My name is Ashley Kerr and I am here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, information, and education you need to kickstart your real estate investing journey. So my co-host, Ashley Care. before we start, I got to give you some major props for your Boys in the Hood t-shirt. I love when you break that bad boy out. A little Cuba Gooding Jr., some some young ice cube. I love it. It's usually this or my Biggie Smalls t-shirt, so I got <laughs> a couple go. of them. <laughs> I know what to get you for your birthday now. Yeah. <laughs> So Tony, what is new with you? Um, today we have a little podcast that's different, but before we get into that, any new developments? Yeah, we are, we're super busy <laughs> as always, but uh, we just opened up investments for our Big Bear Hotel. So that's uh, moving along pretty nicely. So our first time doing a, a syndication. So we're, we're learning a lot uh, along the way, but excited to hopefully close in this thing the next month or so. That's awesome. Congratulations, Tony. It's yeah. super cool to, to watch you guys do this. Thanks, Ash. What about you? What's going on? I just got back from uh, Seattle uh, last night. I did my 24-hour East Coast to West Coast, back to East Coast trip, and um, my first flip is live. Um, so, yeah, exciting to finish that flip, get it staged, and put it on the market. It was uh, definitely awesome to go see it all done. Um, it turned out great, so... That's amazing. Yeah, if anyone so wants we'll, to buy a house, it's one for sale in Washington. <laughs> so now we'll, we'll go from the Shreveport house to the Seattle house. So, oh, God, so I hope not. Hope, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but hope once by it's all the said, next time we record, it's already it's sold. It's already right? sold, yeah. yeah. But uh, once, it, once it's all said and done, Ash, we should do a, a rookie reply. That way you can kind of walk us through the numbers and break it down for us and let us know how, how amazing that first flip was. Yeah, definitely. And I actually documented the whole journey, like everything that I learned and the whole process. So it's actually going to be on YouTube. Uh, James Daynard, who is one of the podcast hosts for Bigger Pockets, newest podcast on the market. Uh, he's the one that I partnered with and we filmed the whole thing. So that will be available on his YouTube project RE. Love it. So if you guys want to check that out. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. We know, and you all know, why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. 
Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act a new federal disclosure law affecting every real estate investor. Corporate Direct is a family business founded by attorney, author, and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton over 35 years ago. Now, his son Ted is a licensed attorney working with him. Together, they've helped thousands of real estate investors form and maintain their LLCs and protect their assets. If you're trying to build a real estate portfolio, do not skip the LLC. Head over to corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's corporatedirect.com slash biggerpockets. Well, today we have a little different style format of a podcast. We do not have a guest today. Today, we are just going to talk to you guys about house hacking. And this is the real estate strategy that I wish I knew about when I was younger or when I was starting out in real estate, uh, because I think it is a great way to actually build wealth. And, and you took the words out of my mouth, Ashley, right? Like so many people in our audience are, are looking to get started. And I think with all of this market uncertainty and people not knowing where things are headed, uh, house hacking is one of the lower risk ways, I think, to, to get started, right? Like you can get better debt. Uh, it's a house that you, you, you know that you're going to live there, right? So you can subsidize some of the cost of owning that property. Um, so there, there's a lot of reasons to believe that house hacking is a great strategy for a lot of our rookie investors. So today we're going to kind of jump in um, to this format. And I highly recommend if you guys are listening to this, actually go to the YouTube channel and check it out too, um, because we're going to have some things that we can show you guys um, as we walk through. We're going to give you an example of how to use the Bigger Pockets calculator reports. There's just so much that Bigger Pockets has to offer. And we're going to try and intertwine that with uh, some of the information we're going to tell you about house hacking today. Awesome. So should we start, Ashley, about like why is we touched on it a little bit, but why is house hacking uh, such a, a great strategy for for all of our rookie investors? So I'll, I'll I'll throw out some of my ideas, and maybe you can you can finish off with what's uh, what's okay. new for you. But um, first is that everyone's biggest expense, right, or most people's biggest expense, is what they pay for their housing. Right, like what they're spending on their rent, on their mortgage, that's usually like the biggest line item in most people's budgets. And obviously the goal for a lot of our, uh, a lot of our listeners is to achieve financial independence, right? Is to be able to have enough money coming in from their investments to cover all of their monthly expenses. And you can tackle that by doing two things. First, you can increase your income, right? Increase your passive income, 
or B, you can decrease your expenses. And obviously you should kind of be attacking both of those at the same time. And house hacking is great because it essentially allows you to do both of those things, right? You're, you're able to get additional income by renting out the spaces but then you're also decreasing your expenses because your housing expense is being subsidized by someone else. So the house hacking strategy again is a really great tool for a lot of our new investors. Yeah. For my sister, she started out house hacking and she pays $50 per month towards her mortgage to live in a, a two bedroom apartment that normally to be rented would go for a thousand dollars per month. So I think there's just such a, a great advantage to get into this, but um, it's also you have um, an advantage. You have an opportunity compared to an investor who is going to purchase a property because you can get way better interest rate. Um, mm-hmm. You can sometimes offer more because you are getting better terms on your financing and you're having to put less money down on the house hack. And I, I guess, Ash, before we go too far down this rabbit hole, maybe we should uh, define what house hacking is for all of our listeners that haven't heard that phrase yet, right? So um, house hacking is a form of investing in real estate where as opposed to buying a house somewhere else, right, whether it's somewhere down the road in another city, another town, another state, you're actually buying a property that you're going to live in with the intention of renting out the extra space that's in that property. And you can house hack in in a couple of different ways. You can house hack by maybe buying a big five bedroom house. You live in one bedroom, you rent out the other four bedrooms. You can house hack by buying a a duplex where you live in one unit and then you rent out the other unit. Uh, You can house hack by renting out your basement. Uh, I've seen people build ADUs in the back of their house. So there's so many different ways, but the the, the purpose, or I guess the, the definition of a house hack is you live on the property yourself and then you rent out the additional space to generate some additional income. So let's kind of go into just recap and give you guys an idea of what we're actually going to talk about today about house hacking. And we're going to kind of break down four steps to help you learn how to house hack, to get you into house hacking and to kind of build your way towards financial freedom. Uh, We'll bring up three of the biggest mistakes that rookies make when they decide to house hack. And then we're going to show you guys some tools that you can use to get started and run your new business as a, a landlord. <laughs> so we, we talked about this a little bit already, right? But the, the goal of so many people that are listening to this podcast is to achieve financial freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And financial freedom has different meanings for different people, right? Uh, but in my mind, financial freedom means that you no longer have to work a day job because the income from your investments is enough to cover all of your expenses. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, you're you're flying private jets and you know, you got all this money where you can just kick back on the beach every day, but it means that you have the option of not going into work because the money that you're getting from your investments covers all of your expenses. So, uh, I just want, that's my definition. I, I, I don't know is yours different from that or, or are you pretty close to that definition as well? Yeah, I would say pretty close and I If you guys are listening to this, I want you to get amped up and excited about financial freedom. Think about that. Mm -hmm. What Financial freedom, that means you get to do whatever you want because you don't have to worry about the stress of your finances. Think about things that may be stressful in your life, and I bet a lot of those things are tied to money, whether it's like, oh, I can't take a day off of work because I have to work to make money, or whether it's, you know, my child can't play the sport because I can't afford to pay for the fees for this sport for them to play. Or maybe it's just, you know, your parents, you, it stresses you out because they need financial help and you can't afford to help them. So all these different stressors in your life and even your relationship, do you fight with your spouse or your significant other about money? 
all these different things. There's a lot of things that kind of tie back to money. And there's a saying that money can't buy you happiness, but there's also the song that money can buy you a boat. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that they're really, yes, it's not going to guarantee you happiness, but I think having that financial freedom can tie, um, can kind of get rid of a lot of stressors in your life. And having financial freedom doesn't exactly mean that you're a millionaire, you're a billionaire. Financial freedom can just mean that you have passive income coming in that covers your, your expenses that it doesn't, you don't have to have this huge luscious lifestyle. You can mm-hmm. be financially free and just live a, you know, a normal life, live in a, you know, three bed, two bath ranch house on a farm and, and, <laughs> and, and live life having the, the freedom to do what you want and when you want. Ashley, something that you've mentioned before in the podcast that I, I always thought was super insightful was you, you kind of measured your happiness by your ability to be spontaneous. And I, I love that, right? Where it's like, if you want to take a 24 hour random trip down to Seattle or, you know, pick up the bags and, and go down to, to Florida for the weekend, you can do that without worrying about, am I going to be able to get the time off of work? Am I going to have the financial ability to do that? And I love that idea of living life and a spontaneous, or, or I guess measuring your happiness by your ability to be spontaneous. Um, and I guess the the last thing I'd add to that, because you also said that, you know, people say money doesn't buy happiness, which is true. Um, but like you said, money also gives you a certain level of security. And Dan Sullivan, he's a he's like a business coach. He was he was in, uh, interviewed on the on the OG show not too long ago. Um, but his name is Dan Sullivan. And one of the things that he teaches his entrepreneurs is that if you have the money to solve a problem, then you don't really have a problem. Like right. if something pops up in your life and you can write a check to fix it, then why even stress about it? Write the check and, and move on with your life. And when I heard him say that, I was like, man, I was, what a what a way to a, approach life to kind of remove a lot of that stress. So the financial freedom aspect ties into all of that. I have two perfect examples of that, Tony. The first one is my family was down in Florida and me and the kids decided to come early, a couple of days early. So I changed our flights around. Well, when I did that, it somehow canceled our return flights home that were on the previous reservation. So only my husband had a flight home and it was the, I was, went to check in the day before I was supposed to leave. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we don't have flights. And yeah, it sucked like having to pay $800 to get us home. But it was like, you know what? It's not going to ruin our day at Disney. Like we're just going to pay the money and be on with it. And I, that was like one of those aha moments for me where it's like, okay, it's not a problem. Don't worry about it all day. Don't let it ruin our vacation and just spend the money. Um, and the second one is actually quite recently where I was on the, the way to the airport with my business partner at like four 30 in the morning to catch a flight. And I asked him if he checked in, he's like, no, it's my tickets, not even in my app. And I had completely forgotten to even book his ticket and we had to go and book his ticket on the way to the airport. And yeah, it probably was, uh, you know, more money than it would have been if I would have booked it months ago when I booked mine. But, um, those are just two examples where it's like, okay, money can fix the problem. Let's just take care of it and let's move on with our lives. So I, I'll share one story with you, Ashley. So that, you know, things have been these, things have been really, really busy for us this year. Like the busiest like five months of my life that I've ever had. Um, and two weeks ago, Sarah and I, it was like Thursday, we were looking at each other and she was feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling overwhelmed. I was like, should we, should we like get out of town just for a little bit? So we literally, the next day we hopped on a flight to Vegas. We, uh, we left at like, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning, went to a pool party out there, had dinner with, uh, with our, our, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. And we literally flew back the next morning. 
at 5 30 in the morning and it's like we we didn't have to worry about the timing the money or anything we just packed the bags and we went and it, it's that ability to kind of make those decisions on your own and live life how you want to me that means to have uh, have financial freedom so I love it. Flights and Vegas and pool parties. <laughs> yeah. And I want to like kind of stress too that it's not just about being able to travel and go wherever you right. want, that it's also like, okay, you want to wake up and you, you know what? I want to open a laundromat today. So I'm going to spend the day researching. So that kind of ties yeah. into the spontaneity. It's not just about going on vacation, but it's also mm. being able to have the flexibility to work on what you want to work on too. I love it. So I, you know, as Ash and I kind of talk about what it means to us, I think the the question that we want to pose to you all, the listeners, is like, imagine if you had true financial freedom. What what would that look like in in your life? For me and Ashley, it means spontaneity. It means freedom of time. It means being able to make decisions for ourselves. But just kind of picture who you need to become or who you would become um, if you had true financial freedom, because I think that's that's what keeps us all motivated to to keep going. So I think a big question is, okay, yeah, everybody wants to have this financial freedom. You guys are all amped up, but how can you actually do it? How can you build wealth? So we're going to go over four things that are part of real estate as to how you can build wealth with real estate. Mm -hmm. So the first one is cash flow. Cash flow is the money that you're getting from your investment property, the cash that's going into your pocket. So this is after your tenants have paid rent and you've paid all of your expenses. This is the money that's left over each month. This is your cash flow. Next is a appreciation. And this is where real long-term wealth is built in, in real estate. So appreciation is your property's value increasing over time. So I'll give you guys a quick example of how appreciation has helped me. Uh, we bought uh, a property uh, about two years ago. We paid $590,000 for that property. Uh, if we were to list that property today, it's probably worth about $1.2 million, right? So we gained uh, over half a million dollars in, in equity off of this one property, about half a million dollars in equity off of this one property. That is a benefit of appreciation. Like That goes directly to our net worth and helps us build our, our long-term wealth. Um, so when I one day die, you know, I can pass this you know, million plus dollar property on to my family. So that that is a big benefit of uh, real estate investment as well as the appreciation. So the next thing are the tax benefits. So with the tax benefits, there's so many different opportunities here. So one of the biggest one is depreciation. So this these are these are all legal tax things. These are not uh, you know, things that we're saying are are gray areas or anything to avoid paying taxes, but you can definitely pay less taxes with real estate legally. So depreciation is one where the IRS lets you take the total cost of the property and write off a little bit of that cost every single year. So when you go and file your tax return, you're showing what the income is, you're subtracting your expenses, but you're also subtracting that depreciation. So that depreciation isn't money you spent out that year. So you're going to have more cash flow than what you're actually paying taxes on. So that is a big, uh, big advantage. And then there's also things like the 1031 exchange, where if you sell a property you've held for over a year, you can purchase another property and not pay any taxes on the money you've gained from the sale of that property. And those are just two of the many advantages, um, the tax benefits. 
Yeah, we 1031 to property last summer and we were able to, to, to take those funds and buy two separate properties with that with that money. So um, 1031 exchange is definitely an amazing tool. Um, and the fourth way that, you, that real estate can help you build wealth is by the loan pay down. So if you think about you know pretty much any other time you go out and get debt, if you use debt to buy a new car, if you use debt to you know rack up credit card debt, shopping at all your favorite stores, uh, if you use credit card debt to whatever, pay for that vacation, who is responsible for paying that debt down? Nine times out of 10, unless you want to go bankrupt, it's going to be you, right? You are responsible for paying down that debt that you've accumulated. Real estate investing is different because you can get, you know, a 300000 400000 half a million dollar loan on a property and you can have a tenant pay that loan down for you which is one of the best ways to build wealth. So when we talked about the appreciation up top, you have this property value that's appreciating over time, but then you also have this loan balance is being paid down by your tenants. So your equity in that property grows from both ways. So we they love all these different uh, strategies in real estate and, and the, the benefits that come along with it. So Tony, there's a problem though. And that problem for newbies, for rookie investors, is that they never buy a single property. Yeah, if I had to guess, Ash, I, I would guess that there's two there's two big reasons. First is because they're they're fearful, right? There, there's a there's a big fear inside of most new investors because starting to invest in real estate, it's like the unknown. They don't know what they don't know, and going into something that's new, that's that's uncomfortable, uh, it stops people in their tracks. And then the second reason is that a lot of people believe real estate investing is too complicated. Um, and really, you know, at the at the earlier stages of investing in real estate, it's actually quite simple. Now, it is it is hard, right? It does take some hard work to make it happen. But the process that you can follow, the steps you need to follow, are really quite simple. And luckily for all of you, Ashley and I will walk you guys through some of those simple steps today. We want you guys to take away from this episode some actionable steps that you guys can do. So we're going to give you four of them. Four steps to house hacking your way to financial freedom. Okay, who's excited? Everybody driving in their car? Anybody sitting out listening? Let's hear the clapping, tooting of the horn. Let's get into it. Tony, what is the first step? All right, so the first step is to commit and to focus. Um, so I, I want to define the word commitment first, okay? A commitment is defined as a pledge to do something the state of being bound emotionally or intellectually to an ideal or course of action. So what a lot of people do is instead of committing to something, they dabble, right? And to dabble, I, I, sh I should have looked at the definition for dabbling as well, but dabbling is like, oh, I'm going to try this a little bit. Oh, I'm going to try that a little bit. Oh, I'm going to do this a little bit. But to commit means to pledge to do something, to being bound emotionally and intellectually to doing something. So first you have to commit. And uh, let me let me add one thing to that. A big, a big way to commit or, or a, and a way to help with your commitment is to have a strong why. Like what is the big motivating factor for you to actually do this? Once you commit, it's about focusing, right? So defining your crystal clear criteria. Now, the strategy we're going to talk about today is house hacking because like we said, we think it's a great way for new investors to get started, especially in today's climate. Uh, but when you focus on that one strategy of house hacking, there's a few things you need to do. You need to figure out your location. Right? What city, what market, what, what area are you going to invest in? Figure out your property type. Like we said, you can buy a single family, you can buy a multifamily, you can add an ADU. What kind of condition of property do you want to search for? Do you want something turnkey? Are you willing to take something that needs a little bit of work? 
the price range and profitability. So what is your purchasing power, right? How much capital do you have available to go out and buy something? And then are you going to do a long-term rental, maybe a midterm rental or even a short-term rental, right? So follow those kind of steps to figure out once you've decided your strategy of house hacking, all those other steps to make sure you've got the right details in place as well. So the next step you're going to do is you need to find leads. You need to find properties. So how do you find them? One of the first ways that you can find properties for sale are properties that are already listed for sale, such as on the MLS, the multiple listing services. You can connect with a real estate agent who can sign you up for automatic emails where you're getting them sent right to your email and you don't need to go to different websites to actually scroll through them every single day looking for ones that fit the criteria that you have defined. If you guys do need an agent, uh, BiggerPockets does have an agent finder. Just go to biggerpockets.com and right at the top of the toolbars, you can click right on that. And it's almost like a matchmaking service. Uh, You can get matched with a, a real estate agent who is in your area and is also investor friendly. But then after that, there's other ways to find deals off market. So these are properties that are not already listed for sale. So this could be maybe looking at Facebook marketplace, a Craigslist or different, um, online websites that aren't your typical MLS where maybe people are just selling them for sale by owner. The next one would be direct mail. This is where you're sending out letters to people asking if they would like to, um, sell their property to you. You could also drive for dollars when you're driving around, look for distressed properties where maybe there's some value add or looking on properties to see how many meters they have on the outside. So my kids are pretty well trained that when they see a house with two electric meters or two gas meters, it's, oh, mom, look at, there's a a duplex right there. So looking at those properties and then writing down the addresses, there's a bunch of apps you can download um, for driving to dollars to just drop a pin Uh, And then you can send out letters to these people. Uh, You can find the addresses to these properties by looking up the property tax records to see where the the taxes are mailed to. Because a lot of times if you're looking at a property that's vacant, the the person that owns it probably isn't living there then. And it will give you the address of where to, to mail to them. Then the last thing would be wholesalers. So wholesalers are people who actually go out and find deals they don't keep them. They don't want to buy the properties. They're selling them to investors like yourselves. So get connected with wholesalers. You can find them by going to uh, local meetups, looking in different Facebook groups, uh, posting in the bigger pockets forums, and wholesalers find the leads for you and then uh, send them to you. So I, I know Ashley just ran through a bunch of different ways to find deals, and I, I, we don't want you guys to feel overwhelmed. But if any of those kind of piqued your interest, my my recommendation would be to go into the bigger pockets forums and say it was wholesaling that, that kind of caught your attention or, or working with wholesalers. I would go into the bigger pockets forum, just type in the word wholesalers, and you're going to see so much content and, and forum posts and wholesalers pop up, and then you can do a little bit more deep dive that way. Um, so just these are just kind of like the 30,000 foot view, but just know we've got more resources for you guys after the fact. So after you get all these these leads coming in from your, your off-market work, your agents, your wholesalers, the next step is to analyze the deals. And uh, we're going to show you how we analyze the deals using some uh, BP calculators. Uh, so hold tight for that. But once you get good at analyzing, then it's time to actually make an offer. Right. So you want to get all your deals coming in, crunch the numbers, and then you'll know what is a good price to offer at that property or on that property. 
Now, just as a as a basic rule of thumb, I know I see a lot in the in the bigger pockets forums and the real estate rookie Facebook group where people say, "Oh my God, I've submitted three offers and I, I haven't got anything. This real estate investing thing just doesn't work." Um, but just know you have to submit a lot of offers in order to get one offered. So the general rule of thumb is to maybe analyze 100 properties, make an offer on 10 of those, and then you actually get one of those under contract. So just keep that that rule of thumb in mind as you as you work through this step. So we're actually going to take you guys through analyzing a deal using the bigger pockets calculator reports. So the calculator reports actually have a, there's a bunch of different ones um, that you guys can use. And we're going to go through and use the calculators today to show you a scenario of what it's like to run the numbers to analyze uh, a house hack property. And then we're actually going to compare it to a single family home in a similar market so that you guys can compare like, OK, if I house hack, this is what my living expenses are compared to if you go and live in a, a single family property by yourself and kind of show that comparison you, so you can actually see the value of house hacking. All right. So I'm actually going to pull up one of the listings that are uh, on the Bigger Pockets website. So if you guys didn't know, you can actually find properties for sale uh, on Bigger Pockets. So agents, wholesalers, other investors will go on to Bigger Pockets and list properties for sale. So we have a property that's listed on on a, on the Bigger Pockets website and it's 30 Spooner Street in Plymouth. Uh, what the heck is MA? Maine? Wow. Um, I'm like geographically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> so like just a quick like like geographic lesson for so I live in California and I'm I'm embarrassed to say this, but most people in California, we know we know California, we know Florida, we know New York. Uh, Texas, because it's not too far, but like everything in between, like geographically, I'm just challenged. All that stuff, but like Rhode Island. I'm not even sure what's really going on over there. I just, I just know there's a collection of states. So anyway, we're in Plymouth, Maine. Thank you for the the geog- geography. No, no, we're in Plymouth, it. Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Massachusetts. We just lost all of our all of our listeners from Massachusetts right now. I apologize, guys. Um, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, now I'm right, so second guess myself. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a property from Plymouth, Massachusetts. All right. Um, so we're going to take this property. We're going to plug it into the bigger pockets calculators. And we're going to show you guys just how how well or, or maybe not well this property would do as a house hack. Um, so we have all the basic information for this property on this listing here. So we can see the list price is $699,000. I'm sorry, $669,900. Um, we've got the address, the bedrooms, This it says zero square feet, but obviously that's not correct, but 11 beds, four baths, okay? Um, it also has some information down here on the unit details. So this is a, a triplex um, or a three unit, uh, but it's got uh, one renting out at $2,070 per month, another one at $2,070, and the third unit at $2,070. Um, the first unit is a four bed, one and a half bath, second unit, four bed, one and a half bath, and then the third unit is a three bed, one bath. Okay, so we've got some some decent information uh, on this property, um, and let's see. It says front building each apartment. Um, so it looks like it's two actual buildings. So there's a duplex and then a, a single family residence, all on the same uh, on the same uh, parcel here. Okay, so I think we've got enough info to actually go into the calculator and start analyzing this deal. So again, uh, if you guys aren't to make sure you jump over to YouTube because I'm going to try and verbally walk you through how we're using the calculator, but I think you'll get the best benefit if you actually see it uh, live. And Tony, yeah, I can read off the information to you too, if you want um, to put yes. it in. So the address is 30 Spooner Street. All right. 
Massachusetts. All right. So one of the big benefits of the bigger pockets calculator is that if you're ever unsure of what an abbreviation is, it'll actually pull it in for you. So we have confirmed this is Plymouth, Plymouth Massachusetts, not Plymouth, Maine. Tony, I'm going to be laughing about this like in the middle of the night tonight. I'm going to wake up just be like giggling. <laughs> All right. So we put in the initial property information, which is the, uh, the street address, city and state. So now I'm going to hit this blue button that says next to put in the purchase details. And actually, so there's some optional as, as we're going through the calculator, I'm going to point out some of the stuff is required. Uh, some of the other information is optional. So there's this optional property features and descriptions. So you can put in the bedrooms, baths, square footage, et cetera. Um, some, it depends on how I'm using this calculator as to whether or not I'll actually put in the optional information. If I'm just doing it for myself, I, you know, I probably don't care because I know the details of the property. But if I'm looking to present this to a potential partner or a lender, then I will really go through and, and make sure every one of these details is filled in because as a potential private money lender or a, a partner, I would want to know how many bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage you're built and all those details. All right, so I'm gonna hit next down here to go into the purchase information. So Ashley, what is the purchase price on this property? It is 669,900. And even if you know like offhand, like, oh, I know the house isn't worth that, I still always start out with the purchase price of what mm -hmm. they're asking. So the asking price I start with. And then once you see how that kind of puts your numbers, Instead of trying to manipulate the rent income or your expenses, I go back and I change the purchase price or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, see if there's different financing I can get. But I always recommend starting with what the listing price is. So the, the next field to enter in here is the purchase closing costs. Now, another thing that's really helpful with the bigger pockets calculator is that there are these little icons throughout the calculator that say, if you need help, uh, filling in this specific field, you can click a link. So I'm going to click this link that says calculating closing costs. And what happens is a pop-up appears and it, sh and it gives you like a definition of what that term is, as well as some general kind of rules of thumb in terms of what you should expect uh, that number to be. So on this calculator, it says the closing costs are generally between one to 2% of the purchase price. Um, so I'm just going to assume that maybe it's I don't know. Are you familiar with Massachusetts, Ashley? Are we closer to one or one or, or to two percent? I don't know, but if you're unsure, I always say go higher than lower. Mm -hmm. So let's do that. Um, in some states, you like in California, you just go through title. Uh, in New York, you have to have an attorney, so your costs are a little bit higher because you have to pay an attorney um, for closing. And then also it depends on what kind of finance you're, you're using too. So if you're paying cash, your closing costs will be a lot lower because you're not paying any bank fees and maybe you're not paying your insurance upfront or your property taxes upfront. So I would, um, I would, uh, look at what kind of financing you're doing for this. And if you have a pre-approval letter from a bank, it should show you approximately what your closing costs would be or at least how to figure it out, the percentage. And as you start to kind of look at more properties in the same market, you'll get a better sense of what your closing costs mm -hmm. are. Like I know in Tennessee, our closing costs are typically about 2%, like 1.8, 1.9. Um, in California, they're closer to 3%, like 25 to 2.7, somewhere around there. Yeah, and for me in New York, if I'm doing a cash offer with no financing, um, it's usually about 1000 to $1,200 is what I pay my attorney, and that includes the title fees. Wow, that's amazing. 
Um, all right, cool. So we got the purchase closing costs in here. Again, there are some additional um, uh, optional fields um, about the uh, property value growth and whether or not you're going to be rehabbing the property. Let's assume for this example that we won't be rehabbing. We're just going to kind of buy it as is. Uh, but if I were to select it. Hey, Tony, it does say in here, no repairs needed. I'm not that you should, you know, completely 100% go off what a listing says, but this one says here that it, it does not need repairs. Perfect. So we're buying this one turnkey, but just to show you all, if I did there again, there's a box that says whether or not we'll be rehabbing this property. If I check the box, it says yes. Then some additional fields appear and one asks for the after repair value or the ARV, which is the property's market value after all the rehab work has been done. And then the second uh, field that appeared was the repair cost. So how much do we think we'll actually spend to rehab this property? But again, this one's turnkey, uh, so we won't have any repair cost. So I'm going to click the next button, which will take me to my loan details. Okay. So now we're filling in the, the loan purchase section or the, the loan detail section. And there's a few fields here that we'll need to fill out. Um, so first is your down payment percentage. Let's just assume that we're going to put down 20%, right? That's kind of basic. Well, let's for, do, since we're house hacking this property, let's ah, that's a good 5%. Point. Yeah. That is a great point. So, um, so when you're living in a, the primary residence, you usually can put three and a half percent down or 5% down. Um, which can be definitely an advantage. You don't have to save as much money to get into the property. So at 5%, our down payment is 33495 Just for comparison's sake, if it was at 20%, it's $133,980. So we're talking a difference of $100,000 to get into, the, into this property as a house hack versus a, a traditional investment property. So let's say that you did have the one thirty. Right, let's say that you did have $130,000 available. Uh, you could buy one house hack with $33,000 and still have another $100,000 left to go out and buy more investment property. So that's the, the benefit of the, uh, the house hack strategy here. So after the down payment, the next section is the interest rate. Um, so interest rates are kind of all over the place right now. Actually, I haven't shopped for like a primary residence, but I don't know, it's maybe like four and 4.75 reasonable right now. Yeah, I would say that. I okay. know what auto ones are at, but I don't know. I haven't shopped for a primary residence yeah. one time. <laughs> so we're just going to guess, you know, about four and three quarters seems seems pretty reasonable right now. Um, points charged. Um, every lender is going to be a little bit different, but just for example, say, let's say that your lender is charging like one point or something like that. Um, the next fields you have to fill out is your loan term. So like how many years is this loan going to be in place? Again, since you're buying this as a primary residence, typically this is going to be 30 years, which again, helps you on the, on the financing side. All right. So next we're going to go to the projected rental income. Now, luckily for this property, we already know exactly what it's producing, uh, an in income. Now it said, actually correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, that each unit was currently rented out at $2,070 per month. Yeah. Okay. So since so, we're going to be living in one unit, we're only going to take two of those units. So that's $4,140. $4,140. Now, just l let's point out one thing, right, Ashley? So um, two of these uh, units were, I think, four bedrooms, and then the other one was a three-bedroom. So if you say that you're, you're a rookie and you want to get like super house hacky, um, you could rent out the, the other two units in full, right? So you get the, the $4,140 from those units. But say you moved into one of the four bedroom units and you only need one bedroom for yourself. 
Now you can rent out all three of the other bedrooms in that unit with you, and you can get some additional rental income from those bedrooms as well. But I guess, for example, say just to keep things simple, we'll just assume that you're living in one unit and you're renting out the other two. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We know and you all know why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP Like Bigger Pockets Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. All right, so we've in, uh, input our uh, gross monthly income. So we're going to hit next. And actually, before we move on, just one, one quick thing to call out on the rent piece. Um, so Bigger Pockets has a rent estimator, um, and it works pretty well. I've tried it in a, in a few different markets. I haven't tried it for Plymouth, Massachusetts yet, um, but it does show what the projected rent is for this area and whether uh, the confidence in that projection is high, medium, or low. So again, an another good way for you to kind of double check your, um, your rental projections there. Did you try so it in Plymouth, Maine? I, I did not try to put it yet. <laughs> so next, we're going to go to our, our properties expenses. 
Now it actually already pulled in the property tax information. Um, I didn't, I didn't pull this in. So it's cool that it's pulling that from the, the property's address. And you, when you input the address on that top field, if you click on the link, um, when it automatically populates, it will pull in a lot of the information. Um, uh, they usually find it off of the MLS or the, the bigger pockets marketplace too. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, an advantage that you might get some information automatically pulled in when you do click on that populated field for the address. The only thing I'd add is that just, um, kind of look and see when the property last sold, uh, if it sold like, I don't know, like three decades ago, there's a chance that when you buy the property, your property taxes might go up. If it just sold last year, then you can, you can reasonably assume that your property tax would be pretty close to, to that property as well. Yeah. Great point, Tony. Always verify, um, even on an MLS listing, verify, what the property taxes are. And you can just do that by Googling the county it's in or the town it's in with property taxes. And you would be able to put in the address and you'll be able to see the property tax bills. Awesome. So let's keep rolling with the expenses. So after we input our information for our property taxes, next is our insurance costs. Um, so Ashley, I don't know, can you give me a ballpark maybe on what you're spending for some of your small multifamily in, in New York? I know they're different states, but... Yeah, I believe on my three unit, um, I think we pay about a thousand a month for our three okay. unit or a thousand a year. I'm sorry, not a month. All right. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, that's some that's some high insurance, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. All right. So we'll say a thousand bucks annually. Um, so next it's going to ask us to to see how much we want to put aside for repairs and maintenance, vacancy. CapEx and any management fees. Now, it's super important that when you're buying a property, whether it's a house hack or traditional rental, that you still set aside some of your income for these expenses because things are going to break. You're going to have to repair things. Uh, your property will not be filled 100% of the time for the entire time that you own it. You will have people moving in and moving out. There's some downtime there. You will have to replace things like roofs, uh, roofs, appliances, maybe your siding, your garage door, your water heater, your washer dryer, like all those things will need to be replaced at some point. And then you have to decide whether or not you want to manage this property yourself. Um, you know, Brandon Turner is known for saying that even if you plan to self-manage, still set aside some money for management fees. That way one day, you, if you decide you don't want to manage it anymore, you have that built in as well. So Ash, give me your, your best estimate on what we should set aside for repairs and maintenance here. So usually I do between five to 10% for all of these, depending on the age of the property and what um, it's at, or if I'm going to be rehabbing it, making it all new. Uh, for this property, I'm going to say, let's put in 8%. Um, and then management fees in this area, the average on the East Coast average tends to be around 10%. So even if you're going to self-manage, plan to uh, you know have a management fee built in in case there's a point where you move out and you don't want to manage the property anymore or even you don't you still want to live there and you don't want to be the manager make sure that the numbers work out so if that does come up you already have it built into your numbers vacancy i used to struggle with when i first got started but I found the best way to find this figure is just to call some property management companies and ask. And typically, if you you know you tell them to your prospective client, they're usually willing to share kind of what the projected vacancy is. Um, so actually, I don't know, like in, in your properties over there, like do you have a ballpark on what vacancy you typically use? Yeah, I put 5%. Okay. And CapEx, again, ballpark, but somewhere between 5 to 10% is typically good as well, depending on the age of the property. I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll just put this at 8% as well to match repairs and maintenance. Um, three units, I think the property was a little bit older, so 8% seems reasonable. Yeah, and it did say it had like a new roof and things mm -hmm. like that, so. Okay. 
Um, so after our repairs, maintenance, vacancy, capex, et cetera, then we have our utilities costs. So electric, gas, water, sewer, garbage, and all those other things. So um, it doesn't say in the listing, but we're just going to assume for the scenario, and this is something you would want to verify um, with maybe the person that's listing the property or the owner of the property, are there separate meters? for? So mm -hmm. for this, and it's very common um, for the the units to be separately metered. So we're going to say that the tenants each pay their own electric gas and their own water and sewer. Um, so we'll leave all those blank because those are not the responsibility of the landlord. Boom. There you go. So once you input all that information, there's this big button at the bottom that says finish analysis. So I'm going to go ahead and click that button. The calculator is doing its work. And now I see this beautiful report that shows me how well maybe not so beautiful because i'm looking at the numbers here um but it shows me how well this property might perform so based on the on the uh on the info that we put in it's shown that there's a negative cash flow of 1318 dollars per month now on at surface level this might look like a bad investment but you have to remember that you're living in one of these units and the units are renting out for two thousand seven dollars per month so how do we rent it out all three we'd be cash flowing like i don't know what is that like a little over 600 bucks per month. But since you're living in one of the units, that's where that difference come, comes from. But what we're saying is you as the investor will be able to live in this property, rent out the other two units, pay a property manager, and your living expense is only $1,318 per month. I don't know too many people who can go out and buy a property for almost $700,000 and only have a mortgage of $1,318. So as you can see, the variable expenses are expenses that may not happen, but these are what you're going to save for. So if you don't have a vacancy, if you don't have a CapEx, um, or you don't have any repairs, that dollar amount is going to be, you know, you're not going to have to spend that out. So it's not like every single month you're going to have to pay out of pocket that $1,318. Yeah, so there's a total of $1,283 in variable expenses. We have vacancy at $207 per month, maintenance at $331 per month, CapEx at, at another $331, and then management fees at $414. Yeah. So let's go um, real quick and let's look at, um, compare a single family property to that. Oh. And we'll just take a glance, um, since we already went through the calculator reports for you guys, we'll just take, um, do this super quick, just showing you what the cost would be for you to live in the single family property. All right, awesome. We got the data Okay, so the there, purchase so price, good. yeah, the purchase price is 334995 and this is also a three bedroom. So um, the units on the other property were two or four bedrooms and one was a, a three bedroom. Uh, like $7,000 in closing costs, give or take. All right. And then we'll do the same thing. What do we say? 5%? Yep. All right. Let me say 4.75 for the interest rate. Oops. Then a point here for the points charge, and then 30 years on the term. Insurance, I'll say do you said a little it was bit 1,000 for three. Yeah. yeah, I put like maybe 750. All right. So since they're living here, there's no, we're not going to set aside anything for, for that. Well, we should, we should put it aside because you still will have repairs maintenance on your, even though it's your primary. That's so let's a, put the same percentage 
Oh, but it won't show up a percentage because we didn't put anything in the rental income. There you so go. let's go down to other. If you go down to other, you'll be able to add that in. Okay. And I don't or you know can what do I a dollar amount like, there, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. like I don't know, four hundred a month for all that stuff over the course of a year. Maybe is that fair? Is that seem too and you also, but you'll also have your utilities too that you'll be paying. Um, yeah, so let's. Yeah, that should be fine. Four hundred. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, do we want this all inclusive of all the utilities, Ash? You're saying just for yeah, just do the four hundred okay. all inclusive. Yeah. All right, so then we'll go down. We'll hit finish analysis. And we'll scroll up here. So on this property, there's a net difference of negative 20, about $2,700 per month, right? So that means you're putting out uh, about $2,700 per month into this property. So, so that's you about get a double of what the other one costs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the, I think the point that Ashley and I are trying to make here is that um, you could potentially spend less money per month for a bigger property that's going to give you actual income, that's going to give you more appreciation, more loan pay down versus going out and buying a single family property for yourself that could potentially cost you more. That is the power of house hacking, right? And when you move out of your house hack, if we go back to that three unit, when you move out, now you're going to be net positive because you've rinsed out that unit that you were living in. So that that is the true power of using the house hacking strategy. So you guys can check out the Bigger Pockets calculator reports. Uh, if you you can use that five times for free, um, unless you're a pro member, then it's just unlimited. But practice, 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 and and try these out. Um, the calculator reports, and you go back and watch how we did them. Click on the little blue links to get the information. If you're not sure about something as to where to get the number or what the number means, but. So one, if you analyze the deal and you're like, yes, I want it, this looks good, what are different ways that you can actually fund the deal, how you can pay for it? So the first one is an FHA loan. Uh, an FHA loan is if it's going to be your primary residence and you can do a low down payment and get a low interest rate. The second is conventional financing. So this is your standard loan product. Uh, a lot of times I've seen recently that they are doing 5% down for conventional loans. And you're still getting a low interest rate and that low down payment. The difference between the two is the FHA loan, they um, will sometimes bring you down to 3.5%, but they also do an inspection. There's an FHA inspection where they just look at everything's up to code, it's livable, and there may be some times where they may make you want to install a hand roll, handrail or things like that. If you go conventional, you don't have to do any of that inspection and you can buy a dumpy fixer-upper and really add some value. The third way would be to do a partnership. Uh, so me and my sister actually did a partnership for her to purchase her uh, first property. But you can um, also receive a gift letter from uh, family members for your down payment too for the property if they don't um, make you pay it back. Um, you can partner with another investor or somebody who's going to lend you uh, the money to purchase the property. And the last one is seller financing. Asking the seller of the property if you can actually make monthly payments to them instead of giving them uh, going and getting a loan somewhere else and giving them a lump sum. All right. So next, let's talk about managing. Once you found your property, you got your financing, you have to make decisions on how you're actually going to manage this property. Now, 
I've never done this before, but I would imagine and from the folks that I've spoken to that self-managing while living in the same space as your attendance can definitely prove uh, to be challenging at times. So I think the first question you want to answer for yourself is who do you want to rent to? Do you want to keep it to friends and family or are you open to having strangers come into your space? Uh, what about ongoing maintenance issues? Are you going to be the handy person fixing those yourself or do you need to kind of build a roster of different tradespeople to help you with those issues as they come up? Um, next is building out the actual lease agreement. So everything from if you're if you're house hacking where you're sharing uh, like an actual house and there's different rooms, what are the rules about common area usage, right? If if someone's buying toilet paper, how does that work? So just think about all the different rules and 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 kind of I don't know policies you want to put in place for your tenants, knowing that you guys are sharing such a such a tight space. Um, and then just remember that house hacking does mean you have to live with other people. So just Ask yourself truly, honestly, if that's something that you're willing and, and, and ready and able to do. Um, and then the last thing you need to know is just learning and understanding the landlord laws and regulations for your specific area. They, these could vary from city to city, from county to county, from state to state. So just get familiar with what those rules and regulations are for your area. That way you can make sure that you're, you're operating your property uh, legally. Yeah. One cool thing about bigger pockets too, is that if you're a pro member, you actually get access to the landlord, um, lease agreements that you guys can pull and have access to. And then you just fill in your information and the tenants information. Uh, so those are free to you guys and they're state specific An attorney from each state has drawn them up. So whether you're from Maine or Massachusetts that your property is in, you'll be able to find the, the lease agreements that you need. But let's kind of go into, okay, you guys know what to do. You know what your four steps are. But what are some mistakes that new investors make along the way? The first one that I think of is that they just never take action, never start, get stuck in this analysis paralysis or listen to other people's negativity or, oh, you're going to be getting phone calls in the middle of the night that somebody's toilet is broke or just the lack of money and don't know how to find money. And I say the next mistake that most rookie investors make is buying the wrong deal. So that's a big reason why we went through the calculator on today's um, today's podcast is because we want to make sure that all of our listeners know and understand how to correctly analyze a deal, right? You want to make sure that it's financially the right move for you to do. So use the calculators, find the right deal, take the time to build that skill. And the last one is just poor management. So Tony kind of went over, you know, make sure you know the laws and regulations, make sure you stick by the lease agreement. Um, also a bad screening process. So not knowing how to properly do a credit check or a background check um, on somebody and getting the right tenant in place and having no written policy. Your lease is the per the lease is the landlord, you know, so you can, what you have in your lease, you can go by and say, tenant, you know what? You signed this lease agreement stating that you were responsible for maybe mowing the grass. Um, so there's no dispute going forward because you both agreed to it on the lease agreement. So that was kind of like an overview that we hope was really helpful for all of you into the house hacking strategy. Um, like like Ash and I said up top, we think that we know that a lot of the, the listeners of this podcast are new. You guys haven't done your first deal yet. And the house hacking strategy is a way, uh, a low risk, low cost way to kickstart your real estate investing journey. So we are super excited for you guys that you even took the initiative to come listen to this podcast today to learn about house hacking. And maybe it's because you're tired of working your nine to five. You feel like you're stuck in a rut. You don't like your boss or you just want to change. You know that sitting at a desk or whatever you're doing isn't the lifestyle that you want. So, or maybe you just want more time to spend on the things that you love to do. So we all know that 
you know, a lot of this is true for newbies, but it's also super scary. And that's where we want to help you guys. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like jumping into real estate is like, I don't know, jumping off the side of a, a mountain with a, a parachute that may or not may or may not be working, right? There's a lot of fear that, that goes into getting that first deal done. But here's what we do know. Real estate investing can help you reach financial independence. I think Ashley and I are both examples of that being true. And the process of real estate investing is actually quite simple, but it is not easy. People often confuse simple and complicated with easy and hard. So real estate investing is simple, but it does take hard work. So we have created the tools and the educational resources and really built a community, right? That's what Bigger Pockets is. It's a community to help you get to financial freedom faster. So first, you guys need to ask yourself a question. Are you actually committed to taking consistent action until you achieve your goals? So ready? Everyone yell, yes! <laughs> so if you are, then let's talk about how a Bigger Pockets Pro membership can actually help you get there. So first, you're going to be able to analyze more deals in less time with less risk. So you can reach your goal of getting to financial freedom faster. Ash and I both started off as Bigger Pockets Pro members before we even became host of the podcast. And I actually still, I actually still have my pro membership today. Like I actually pay for it every month because I still get I get value and benefit from it. Yeah. I when I found Bigger Pockets, I had been an investor since 2014. I found Bigger Pockets in 2017. And within a year and a half, I had tripled my portfolio just from going through the forums and learning about creative financing and using the calculator reports to better analyze deals. So I have taken so much value. It's seriously has paid for itself over the years just of what I've been able to get out of it. But I think some of the the biggest benefits from having a pro membership is that you can confidently run the numbers. Having access to those calculator reports and being able to analyze so quickly and then the, all your reports are saved back in there. So if you want to go back and run different scenarios for a property, you have them all saved. If you want to go back and look at a property that you know, maybe you ran the numbers on a year ago, you can come back and say, oh, this person has decreased the price. The property's still for sale. Let me go back and see what was wrong with it last time, why the numbers didn't work. And maybe now the numbers will work on the property. You also get access to a lot of really helpful data and additional educational resources. So there, there are pro-exclusive webinar replays, articles, and videos that cover pretty much everything you need to know to make really smart investments and avoid some of these bad market conditions that we're seeing out there and, and being able to navigate them with confidence. And uh, it's something that's kind of cool on there too, is that when you do become a pro member, you get this little badge um, on your profile. And it's almost like that Instagram verified badge, like people take you more serious. But when you're a pro member, it's true. If you go to the forums and you look at people asking questions or responding to questions, the people who are getting the most traction are the ones that have that, that pro member badge where people are like, you know, that they're there to, they're serious, they're committed to their real estate journey. Um, so I think that's kind of cool too, that you can kind of, you know, there's the people without profile pictures or don't have any of their profile filled out. And I, that does not mean at all that they are not a serious investor or committed to learning about real estate investing. I just watch how they're the people that interact with them is a lot lower than the people that actually have that pro badge. Another big benefit, and you know, one of the one of the questions I get all the time is, "Hey Tony, can I get your legal docs for this situation?" Or, "Hey Tony, what do you do 
like from a contract standpoint to do this thing? Um, and I'm not an attorney, nor do I play one on a podcast, but Bigger Pockets, they've done all the hard work of working with different lawyers in all 50 states to get lawyer approved lease documents that are available to all of the Bigger Pockets Pro members. Okay, so if you guys want to become a pro member with me and Tony, we actually have a discount code for you guys. As a bonus for listening us to us today to talk about house hacking, so you can actually start using all the tools and resources that we mentioned, um, you guys can actually save 20%. We all love saving, so use code ROOKIEPOD2. That's ROOKIE, P-O-D-2, um, when you check out at BiggerPockets.com to sign up for your pro membership. Because usually a pro membership is around uh, $390. And you guys with that 20% off, it only ends up being like $312. Now, not only are we giving you guys a really good discount on the pro annual membership, but you're also getting some cool bonuses. Uh, so you'll get 20% off the annual membership. There's a bonus workshop with Brandon and David that has a $200 value. Uh, then there's a Finding Great Deals Masterclass, which is valued at about a thousand bucks. And you guys also get access to all of the online boot camps, which, you know, it's hard to even put a value on the boot camps because there's so much uh, value that comes from them. But in addition, we're also giving you guys this super mega bundle. Uh, it's called the Ultimate Package for the House Hacking Strategy Book by Craig Kerlop. Um, so Craig, if you guys don't know, he's he's really well known in the Bigger Pockets community, but he wrote a book on house hacking. And we're giving you guys the Ultimate Package that comes with a physical book. You get the ebook, the audio book, and some additional uh, video content related to the house hacking strategy. So when you guys sign up using that code, RickyPod2, that's Ricky. P-O-D number two, you get access to all of that, plus this super amazing ultimate package for the house hacking strategy. And the last thing is, you guys, if you don't love the being a pro member and you don't think it's worth it, there's a 100% money back guarantee in 30 days. So worst case scenario, you can email support at biggerpockets.com and get a 100% refund. Um, and you still get to keep the book that you got. Um, so definitely worth checking out because I know you guys are going to get value from it, especially using the calculator reports. There's so many other resources in there that just the other day I found uh, just browsing through Bigger Pockets that they have files that people have uploaded of different uh, lease agreements, contracts, um, addendums, a checklist, uh, a move in, move out uh, checklist for when you have a tenant, all these different things that people are willing to share in biggerpockets.com. So I think the the pro membership definitely has a, a huge value to it. And we hope that you guys loved uh, talking about house hacking today. It definitely is a great way to build wealth. Uh, if you guys have any more questions about house hacking, we are actually going to be bringing on to our podcast uh, very soon, Craig Kerlop, who wrote the house hacking strategy book. So this is your time, guys, to use that rookie pod to code, get your pro membership, get that book and read it um, before we have Craig on as a guest. And you can actually get a lot more valuable information from him, too. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals, and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson on Instagram. And we will be back on Saturday with a rookie reply.
The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.